0: The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network.
1: You can always log on to InTheMoneyPodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have The Owner's Box, but also shows such as The Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Bernier Show, Red Board Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to InTheMoneyPodcast.com.
0: Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu.
2: Okay. Hey, everybody! Welcome to another edition of the
0: Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me, alongside as always, the uber talented Michelle Yu. Michelle, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Billy.
0: Cool guest today, Paul Manganero from Belladonna Racing. Good job Racing. with the name. I know. I was nervous about it, but I've been practicing. I don't know. <laughs> I think I said it right. <laughs> Manganero. Manganero. He's got a thick Boston accent, so it'll be interesting when we actually do talk to him. But before we do that, let's just get right to three things of note.
1: Three things of note. I okay. Love it when you say so that. the first of the three things of note is sad. Uh, um, I, why do you
0: always go sad?
1: Because then we can back it up with happy. Okay. Who died? Bert Bacharach passed away. Oh, I on. saw that. That's is terrible. Piece, but I, I thought. Almost as sad is that uh, just a few days after that, yesterday, in fact, on the 14th, Afternoon Delights passed away. Uh, Afternoon Delights was bred and raised by Burt Bacharach, and he was the oldest uh, resident at Old Friends.
0: Yeah, I I read about that. Um, Burt Bacharach, great guy. He was good friends with my grandfather back in the day, owned some amazing horses like Afternoon Delights, Soul of the Matter. Um, really loved the game and obviously was one of the m- most influential artists of, uh, of our time. So, good man too, Burt Backrack. Okay. Tough loss.
1: Um, our second part of note is that the OBS cell catalog is out. Ooh. Obviously, we are an owner's show. So, if you're looking to get into the game, OBS is a great spot to try and do so. So, their uh, March Tack show... Star- okay, the sale itself is March 20th through 22nd. The undertack portion of it is the 14th through the 17th of March. So mm-hmm. in case you don't know, all the horses are going to work a set distance. You get to watch them work, and then the horses sell after they work out. So um, I think a lot of people have been licking their chops waiting for the catalog to come out, and indeed it has been delivered. So get to it. Bingo. You like OBS sales, right?
0: I do, very much so. Are you so. going? Of course I'm going. Am I going? We need. I want to. Staying
1: at the nice fancy.
0: Yeah. Are you not coming?
1: I don't know. I thought I'm, I'm, I
0: thought Ryan not... gave you permission to uh, to stay with me. Right.
1: <laughs> Ryan's going. He might have to stay with you. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know if I'm going to go or not because I have already done a couple of trips this like this yeah. year has been very trip heavy for okay. me. So we'll All right. see. All right. Good. Um. <clears throat> our. I have like a third thing of note and then like an aftercare corner. Is that okay?
0: That's totally okay.
1: Okay. So like the third thing of note was certainly that we have more and more derby races under our belt and we're getting geared up for bigger derby races. So we did have the Withers stakes this weekend as well as the Sam F. Davis and the, I didn't watch either one cause I wasn't in the country, but the withers was won by hit show.
0: Yes. Yeah. He did was, you watch it? I did watch that. It was impressive very impressive Uh, it was a gary mary
1: Mary west yeah Mm -hmm. gary mary
0: west they you know i gotta give them credit and um they they always have horses on the derby trail and i know that's their focus but it works i mean you see those pink silks with the black diamonds i mean they're always there give them credit sorry
1: credit where credit is due
0: yeah
1: um and then uh the sam f davis was won by Littlegate. And that's the son of Blame, Todd Pletcher, Luis Saez, Centennial Farms, your winning owners there.
0: Yeah, nice horse. In in the rain and mud. That was crazy.
1: Oh, was it rainy and muddy? Yeah. Also, uh, then we saw Julia Shining and Wonder Wheel get defeated.
0: Yes, by a big long Tampa. shot.
1: Yeah. I didn't want again, didn't watch the race, but I saw that was like I a big you're old supposed to watch upset. races. I you know what? I was out of the country and I could not access any races. I didn't have a VPN. Just tell um, everybody
0: where you were with your daughter. I went to France. <laughs> Did you have fun? We didn't even talk about that.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, we had a great time. She, she looks was... so
0: cute in her little. What are those hats called? Her
1: beret. Her
0: beret. Yeah. So, I didn't know if it was a beret not or something.
1: That ironically, like I know, like it's like French or like funny French, I guess, to wear like the beret. Olivia wears that beret all the time. So it's like part of her trademark, and that she could just wear it. She had the best time. Yeah, she cute. went. She wanted to the Eiffel Tower every day. We went to the, we walked to the Eiffel Tower every single day, and either had like a coffee or a glass of champagne, or we went up in it one day. And very cute. It was awesome. It was very a really cute. really great great trip. That's awesome. Um. Yes. So and then my my one a, or my aftercare corner, I guess. Yes. Is that the thoroughbred makeover trainer? Applications have closed. They have accepted 512 trainers to bring a hor- bring horses to the Thoroughbred Makeover, which will be in October. That's amazing. And those 512 trainers have committed 536 retired racehorses to the show. It's rad. Isn't that amazing?
0: It is amazing. It, I mean, I, I love just- stories like that. You know me. I'm in, I'm big into aftercare.
1: Yep, I know you are, so I was super pleased uh, to see that and looking forward to us being able to follow some of these horses.
0: I think it's really cool. All right, let's do this. Why don't we just head right into the interview with uh, Paul Manganero?
1: Fantastic. Let's do it.
0: I don't know why we wouldn't. What else should we do?
1: Uh, Nothing.
0: (laughs) All right, here's Paul. All right, back here on the Owner's Box. Very special guest today is Paul Manganero. I said it right. I can't believe it. Uh, Paul is part of uh, Belladonna Racing, and thanks for uh, joining us today,
2: Paul. Uh, thanks for having me, Billy and Michelle. I'm glad to be here.
0: Where, where are we finding you? Where are you?
2: You'll the- find me eight miles northwest of Boston, Massachusetts at my home in Winchester, Massachusetts. So okay. I'm a mass bred.
0: Is it cold there?
2: Actually, take almost 60 degrees, so keep it up for you. Wow,
0: look at you! All right, well, you know, before we get into uh Belladonna, we're going to talk about that, we're going to talk about everything uh horse racing and ownership related. But tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in ownership.
2: Yeah, um, glad, glad to do it. It's actually a love affair that started when I was about eight years old. Uh, my grandfather on my father's side and, and all my uncles and my father were plastered by trade. They had a small little business in Boston, Massachusetts with one truck and it grew through their hard work and and efforts. It grew to a substantial drywall business. And at the time, they thought they were doing my grandfather a favor and they, they forced me to retirement at about 60 or 65 years of age. <laughs> And then they realized, oh, that was a bad thing to do to do somebody that was working since he was like 12 years old. But his only hobby was going down to Suffolk Downs uh, in Rockingham Park with a group of friends to uh, watch the races. So they started to claim horses for his entertainment and it became a, a family a family affair. And, and oddly enough, the first horse that I can remember that uh, was acclaimed was named Carmen Bond. And it couldn't be a, a more appropriate name because it really was the horse... Racing business and the horse itself was a common bond amongst all our family members. I mean, we all like different flavors of ice cream, different TV shows, but everybody loved going to races, win, lose, draw. Yeah, no, that there.
0: that is—it's so funny because we've had so many people come on the show, Paul, that uh, talk about they got into it through family. I mean, I did, uh, I, 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 and and it, it's pretty amazing. Even as an eight-year-old, I used to sit around. I don't know if you were like this, but I would draw pictures of horses and make up different silks is that what you were like when you were when you were young were you just obsessed
2: no i, I didn't have any of those talents but i was obsessed this way i had a red bike yeah and at that time there was a, i don't even know if it was any good but did you race your
1: red, red
2: bike? <laughs> yeah, wait so, so there was a horse called named mr redwing so i named my bike mr redwing and we'd race it around the block with my uh other kids in my neighborhood and stuff like that but, that's uh, perfect it, it really was contagious
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're going to the track. You, 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 you got. You kind of got. It, grew up with it. You start claiming. You get to. You know. I assume. Uh, you know, middle school. And then, and then, what happens? How How do you uh, eventually wind up back in this business?
2: Well, I never left the business. So went to middle school, and it was probably the first time I will Who was a, a good uh, trainer on the New England circuit named Junie Presnahan said, "You know, if you guys really like this business, why don't you come do a sale with me?" So I remember I must have been seventh or eighth grade i went down to my first sale which are obs and training sale wow. with my dad and my uncles and uh, kind of buy horses and thank thank goodness they started to realize you know what but racing these colts is very difficult and very little residual value if they don't make it so we started buying fillies and racing them and had some success and then we left new england because things started to get a, a little soft around here and uh, branched out into New York, where our first trainer, uh, well, one of our first trainers was um, a really nice guy and super talented trainer named Steve tomorrow
1: mm-hmm. So we are
2: buying fillies at the Keeneland sale. By this time, I'm in high school now. And then my dad and I, my uncle Frank, and, and some of my uncle Eppie, who now owns Sienna Farm in Kentucky.
0: Oh wow! Sell a
2: buy these fillies, yeah, sell a buy these fillies, and then we retain them for breeding. And then we needed a breeding operation and a farm to keep these horses with. So this was probably like 1978. Went to Spencer Farm, where at that time the general manager was John Williams, who's been a lifelong friend ever since. And uh, and uh, so that got to the breeding end of it. And now you know how contagious contagious it is. I mean, I'm in every aspect, of it, stallion shears, is uh, breeding and racing, and uh, just, I've been very fortunate to make a living uh, that way for the last five plus years.
0: That's pretty that's amazing. And Michelle, this is this is when Michelle jumps in and asks her standard question. I'm going to go I'm going to let you talk Michelle and I'm going to predict I'm writing this down what question you're going to have. Go ahead.
1: You're not going to you're not going to this is going to be so different. No, it's not. Yes it is, I Look promise. Is good. Go Look ahead. Good. Okay. So like you said you you were in like in high school times and at Keenland and all this good jazz. What was your role? Were you just like the kid that's watching, or were you trying to be super involved, like, let's go buy this horse I found on the catalog page at that age?
2: Yeah, well, my, my big job was going to Saturday mornings with my father and my grandfather to the track and watch the horses train, and I'd get to walk them around the shed row. And then in high school, I was studying pedigrees. Um, we used a, a fellow by the name of Jordan Blackwell, who was a very distinguished bloodstock agent from England. He would help us in the selection process, and as, as John Williams would. And we also used the Centennial Farm team of um, Paula Parson and, and um, Steve Kassel-Evolved. And uh, I got to learn from the best. So I sharpened my confirmation skills and my pedigree uh, skills. And um, so a big part of a selection team. All right, I was wrong.
1: What do you? But I know, see I, it's cuz he he led me somewhere great Billy so I had to get off my I'm normal I'm so impro- uh...
0: I'm so impressed right now. Do you <laughs> can you guess the question I thought you were going to ask when he told us about all the different aspects he's involved Pauls involved with?
1: What's his what's his favorite of one? Of
0: course, yes. That's that's I was waiting for it.
1: All right. It well, you can question. answer that
0: Paul. What do, what do you what do you enjoy most? I, you know you you do you do everything. This is a Michelle question.
2: Uh, I love all of it but they all have different rewards to them. But there's nothing like the racing end of it to me. I mean, um, be at a race, I don't care for the $5,000 claim or the Kentucky Derby. The intensity, the adrenaline flow that you get, the excitement uh, every every every, fur, every furlong of the way, it, there's nothing like it. And we've all seen it on TV mean, grown men and women that had successes in, at the highest level in businesses or in government, they just come to tears. And, and what's usually there, their answer when someone says after they win a big race, how you feeling right now? They're yeah. all break down. I can't put it into words. Yep. I don't yeah. think there's Anything else, anything else can give a, a human being that feeling. So the racing of it, yeah, you have to have some resilience and you have to have a gut for it, but that's what makes the wins so special. And, and doing it in a partnership, it makes it that much more enjoyable when you can sit there with friends that's that settled off as acquaintances that be, became friends and then became like family. It's uh of a
0: lifetime. I was going to ask you about that because it's interesting you say that you um, said that. Back in the day, even when we first started, partnerships were looked down upon. We were frowned upon. Oh, you can't afford to own your own horse, so you ha- you need other people to go in with you. Now it's commonplace. How did how did your you go from individual owner or family owner to this Belladonna partnership?
2: Well, I think, I think the racing partnerships are, are saving, uh, or not saving, but having a big positive impact on the business. because It is allowing people to get in that uh, otherwise probably wouldn't for one reason or another. But the way I, I started was I've had friends since I was in high school that came in the race and said, Oh, we want to re- own a racehorse someday. I'm like, No, you don't. And not until <laughs> you ready. So not I'm 59 years old. A lot of my friends I do careers and they have some um, surplus cash. And when we started Belladonna five years ago, that's when I brought them in. I, I teamed up with David and Gordo and Cherie DeVoe and, and brought in my friends. But I told David, I said, let's start off with fillies. And we attacked the two-year-old seals because they brought it brought us that much close up compared to the yearling seals to the races. And we knew the fillies were going to have some residual value. So uh-huh. that really blossomed from year one where we bought six horses at the two-year-old seals. And actually two of them became, became major stake horses. So this year, where we have 14 yearlings. Wow. Um, wow. A mixture of Coke and Phillies now, and we still have some uh, bulls in the host to go attack these two-year-old sales. So through David's connections and my connections, uh, it grew pretty fast, but we didn't—we never wanted to be the biggest as far as numbers uh horses and partners. So we have probably 20 partners, uh, a partnership or fewer. And like I said, our, our, our biggest group of horses this year was 14, with probably a few more to be added.
0: Interesting. Now, when you, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Michelle.
1: Sorry, I I just wanted to ask if that does that mean that like all of your 25 partners are in on every horse, or is it like 25 individual partners, you know, cap uh, per each individual like entity of horse?
2: No, most good good question, Michelle. By the way, good question. But uh, most of them are in all this. We just finished our. Uh, we're in the midst of our fifth partnership. Right. Uh, most of uh, most of our Belladonna family are in all five. But of course, just like anything else, it's like playing high school sports. Everybody goes out for football as a freshman, but then some mm-hmm. people decide uh, it's not it's not fun for me. So yeah, um, you know a few a few are in just one, and but many are in all five. If not at least four of them. So. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a pretty
0: consistent group. I'm going to ask a question. First of all, Paul Manganero joining us uh, here on the owner's box. I'm going to ask a question then. Paul, you do not have to answer this if you don't want to, but we're talking about partnerships. There's a lot of public partnerships, whether it's Little Red Feather or West Point or Belladonna is not a public partnership, right?
2: Define
0: public. Uh, anybody, webs- that anybody? It's a can web. Get in. Are you, I, uh, you have a website. People can call you. you this is very. I, I find. I, I could be really wrong, but it seems like it's you're It's a core group of people that you've put together, and you're not necessarily looking out for other. Uh, you're not trying to bring in other people necessarily randomly.
2: How's that? You no, know, that's that, that's a very fair assessment. Um, you know, it's started off like you said, just a group of close friends. And then expanded to their friend group a little bit, but like I said, we're not looking to be a major, major um, racing operation as far as you know, uh, numbers having several hundred partners and stuff like that. We found that uh, we have a little uh, little niche in the in the market, yep. um, and we have a good group of people that are like minded, and we can service them better that way too. Yeah. Because really, what David and I and Sheree like to do is uh, afford all access. Uh, to our partners and answer every question for every every partner that may have one because we think it's you know promoting the sport, promoting the, uh, the great game of racing, and hopefully some of these partners will continue on in the game long after they leave Belladonna and expand it, just like I believe Bob and Beverly Lewis did. I think they started out with partnerships yep. years ago, you know, yep. before they branch out on their own. So John Ammerman, just same have thing. Fun. And, and so we're, we're very competitive. We want to compete. Against uh, the best, and um, I think we can do that with the group we have.
0: Do you do you have obviously um, someone has to run the partnership, and I'm assuming that person is you. Do you do you take fees, uh, or are you just hey, my money's in, your money's in, here we go?
2: Well, I'm actually, you know, like since I, I was one of the founding members as far as the, the plan and the thought process, but. Uh, David Gordo is really our big toe. Well actually you should read the vote is our big toe.
0: She yes, yeah, but she's minute. much bigger toe than David. Come on, please.
2: Yeah, yeah, she's more important. Like I like I said, if we had a if we had a trade one of them for poor David would probably have to go. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't
0: I, wait to quote I, I, him I, that. I, I can't I'm wait.
2: Just, I'm actually just an investor. And I like a client liaison sort, of, um, Got sort because people come to me with questions, because we're in the same boat. David is the managed partner. Okay. And he and his wonderful, he and his wonderful team, rightfully get a get a small commission to uh, select the horses. Correct. And there's no fees after that. No fees after that.
0: Wow, interesting. That's
2: and, great. And the most impressive, and I don't know how every partnership works, Billy and Shell, but the most impressive thing about David too is he's also one of the major investors. So he's putting his money where his mouth is. And yep. I asked why he does that. And he said, because he believes in his talents and he believes that he's going to get his third, his third course of a lifetime. You know, yes. he Flight Flight line. Line. But, okay, dude, we'll, we'll go for
0: that. We want one at Belladonna. Interesting that you bring up Cherie DeVoe. Uh, we have horses with Cherie. Uh, I've uh, developed a really good relationship with Cherie. I think she's great. Give us a little, Yeah, a lot of people might not know who she is. Give us a little background on Cherie. Uh, obviously, she's married to David, so that makes sense. But how have you found uh, the communication and and actually, and actually training as uh, or owning horses as with Cherie as her trainer?
2: You had one thing wrong there, Billy. Cherie's not married to David. David's married to Cherie. I
0: apologize. So, <laughs> you are 100%
2: correct. And <laughs> my, my first horse, it was outside, the first, first race horse I bought, you know, was two, in 2018. I, mean, I had many before that, but I used David's talents to help me select it. And he, he asked if I'd, use a, if I'd be willing to use a young trainer, and he introduced me to Cherie. And, and we hit it right off. And at that time, she only had six horses in her stable. Wow, and I had a horse that I paid two hundred thousand dollars for. Actually, became her first winner in traveling, and um, ran the maiden special way. But I knew like, uh oh, he's in too deep of water there. And she called me and said, "Listen, I have to have a serious talk with you." And she told me, "If this horse is going to be competitive, you had." She goes, "I know you paid two hundred for, it, but we got to put on a fifty thousand dollar claimer." Mm-hmm. Right then and there, she had me for life because most trainers would have probably strung you along to keep the daily board rate, but she didn't. I found her to be a great communicator, super talented. Now I think it's time that we have to stop her. She's she's usually referred to oh former assistant to Chad Brown. Now she'll be the first one to tell you that experience was invaluable. It was a, it was a great experience, but she has the talent in my opinion, uh, equal to the best of them out there. And now she has a bond full of quality horses. Communication is great. And I think her big asset, and I don't think you can learn this anywhere. It's like a God-given talent. She has special connection if you read each and every horse in her body. she the one to back off, one to lay a little hotter into them. And she spots the horses wonderful, which is, you know, if you look at her win percentage now, she's having a magnificent year. I think she's up like 20% win percentage which is, just tells me that she placed my horse in the right spot. Can,
1: can we say, too, though, that's partially owner influence, right? The fact that you're like, okay, well, my horse that I spent X amount of money on needs to run for 50, and you're okay with that. A lot of owners would not have been okay with that.
2: Well, I equate this to, like, an NFL football team. You know, you you might own the team, but you hire a coaching staff for a reason. So let the, let the trainer train the horse. I appreciate the input and the education. And sure, we we have a discussion, but at the end of the day, I'm going to defer to Cherie because um, my thought process here, just like in any of my business, friends is, if you don't believe in the talent that you're hiring, don't try and don't try and micromanage and do their job. Go find somebody else. Yeah, yeah and, I'm, and
0: I'm sure they appreciate that, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going yeah. on what Michelle was saying because that's not an easy conversation, especially for a young trainer who's just starting out and you obviously have oods of experience um, to just say, hey, we need to run this horse for 50. A lot of guys, Paul, you are in the minority, I think uh, would have just said, hey, you know, well, I'll take my horse someplace else. He's better than that. Yeah. So I think what Michelle's trying to say is kudos to you for actually listening.
2: Well, yeah, thank you. But I learned a long time ago, like I said, I've, I've learned from some of the best. To John Williams, who's been the, a great mentor to me and uh, the former He was actually the, the, one of the original general um, managers from the, farm, the farms under the and Tombs and one of the most respected men in the business. And through my father and uncle, they've always taught me be able to take a loss. Your first loss is probably your uh, smallest one too. And Especially in the horse business. If I went back and. and the, Calculated the last hundred losses I took, and when I took them, the timing was probably perfect. If I hung in there, I probably would have lost double. You know. Yeah,
0: it is interesting. It's almost counterintuitive, but it is. Uh, it is can't the-
1: chase ba- can't chase good money after bad.
0: We say that all the time. Yeah. Paul, tell us about a little bit about what you have learned over the years. You were talking. You just said you, you made. You know you you learned about this uh, taking the loss right away. Are there anything else for owners out there that? might be first-time owners or trying to get into the game. What kind of advice would you give them? Or tell them about some of your mistakes.
2: Well, my first piece of advice was to surround yourself with good people. Believe in that talent. Let them do their job. You know, most of the people in our business have had successes in other businesses. So we've all seen them come in in and, and out really quick because they thought they were smarter than the people that made the living doing this. So put together a strong team. Assess that talent to that guy and and have measurables, you know, set goals. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Like uh, with Donna, we have a pyramid of success, just like the great coach Wooden had. And right now we're on track. We started the first, the bottom of the pyramid was, let's start with a strong team. We have a strong team. That was built in in year one, 2018. Second level was, let's win a maiden special wave. Talk to that, a list uh, list of stake. Right now we're at the tip of the pyramid in the year 2023 that we set out and we started with in 2018. To win a grade two or three, and I always get the Triple uh and this would be 2025. Win a grade one. So my advice would be: put together a team, listen to them, right? and have patience. I have learned the two best assets <laughs> you can have in this business is patience and money. Patience to let the trainers and the experts do the job, and money to cover your mistakes. And, uh, <laughs> I and that's, like what, that. that's what I wearing. think
0: that should be like a T-shirt.
1: Hey, they do an Old Smoke <laughs> yeah. T-shirt thing, doesn't it? Yeah. Don't you guys at Belladonna?
0: Pa- patience and money. Oh yeah. Does this yeah, wait? Yeah. Wh- what can is that? Get, we we could get it. Belladonna gear. What is that, Paul?
1: Yeah,
2: you can get oh, Belladonna we, we, gear. Yeah, can to, you, you can go to Old Smoke. We got an uh, Old Smoke um, Delta new York. We have a little little web store there. You can get some T-shirts, and some hats, and some neat stuff. You know.
0: You know, it, David N'Gordo was on our podcast. He was actually an amazing guest, and obviously I'm friendly with David, so anything I say here is, is fine. But he also has a lot of other clients. Uh, for example, the Geronises who in, in West Point. And uh, how do you, as Belladonna, and obviously he's vested, so you know he's taking care of you, but are have there been conflicts when you've been like, hey, I really like that horse, why are you buying it for them?
2: Well, you know, that's, that's always the... Uh, uh... A question whenever you're dealing with an agent, but I found uh, David to be one of the most transparent ones. He shares the same information with every one of his clients, and he doesn't have a roster of a hundred of them. Right. And unfortunately for us, they most of them are at different levels. You know, like if we if we like a horse, I mean, we have some good means and some good buying power, but we don't have we don't have the tank like a, a lease sharing has or the Horonis has. Mm-hmm. So sure. But we we'll all get the same information, and then I think it's fair you bid on the horse. Yeah. You know. And, and, and it's, actually, it's actually been a benefit to us because um, in some of the Belladonna wars, uh, partnerships, West Point has participated because they realize the talent of David and Cherie. So it's worked out, you know, egos aside, um, it's actually worked out for the benefit of, of um, our group and I think West Point to a point because instead of competing against each other, we're teaming up just like a lot of these um, outfits down now. You can't read the racing program without seeing the ownership line with 73 names on them, you know? And uh, we're not like that big. We're not like that big, but it just worked out well. Um, And, uh, you know, like anything else in any relationship or anything. Communication and having a plan, it all usually works out, you know?
0: Yeah, good. Michelle, go ahead.
1: Um, Paul, when you said that you you kind of had these goals throughout the years, okay, we're going to win a grade two this year, whatnot. When you're buying horses, do you think, okay, if our goal this year is to win just – a grade two, is that how you look for them, or do you have a specific thing in mind? We always look for classic, or we always look for turf, or is it just the best individual that you can find?
2: Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. We want to compete at the highest level, and we're based on the East Coast because we buy a lot of we you know a lot of our a lot of our, our family members are from the from the East Coast, but we also buy a lot of Kentucky breads, And the way the money is Kentucky right now, mm-hmm. it, it's just tremendous, and had to pass up, but. Well, wanting to compete at the highest level, we've realized through the experience with David and myself that first of all, I got to get the athlete. Yep. Right? And then I'm a I'm a really big pedigree uh, believer. So as soon as those catalog comes in, I'll make a list based on pedigree, thinking these are horses that will have serious residual value if we have success at the track. Because at the end of the day, you know you want to be rewarded for your risk. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: I'll make my pedigree uh, list. David and his team. Will, out and, and inspect the horses. I'll inspect the horses. We meet daily, and see which horse crosses everybody's list. And then, depending on the pedigree, if you check every box, that's going to dictate the price. So, um, then, we, then we then we assess, you know, is, is what the horse is worth, and we put a price on it. And uh, like everybody else, we'll always get caught up a little bit and might go a notch too high. But we, we all do. That. Good, we all do that. We do have good discipline that way that. Uh, we're not going to get too out of line, and you know, we have a budget. And like, uh, you know, if we have so much money in the kitty, we're trying to break it down. We want so many horses to increase our chances, and that's how we come to our uh, our buying decisions.
0: I've, i you know, I've seen you and your crew at the sales for the past five years, um, and it is interesting because there's always a large group, um, who. It must be sometimes you talked about egos. I mean, it, it, people are putting their money in. They want to be involved. Is that is that a, is that a struggle for you to, like, say, hey, man, like, we're going after this horse uh, or we don't like this horse. Sorry, we're going after this one.
2: Um, no, it hasn't because, like you said, we're, we have a pretty tight-knit, tight-knit group. I mean, we're not closed out to anybody. I mean, anybody that would like to join us, we're open to having a discussion. But most of the people believe in the talents of the core group, you know, I sure. tell them the the bond, combined group, which is David and the team and the Cherie. But I think they also appreciate the all access. Take hey, right. a look at the horse supply. We'll tell you why we like this one or that one more. Right. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll have questions and then we'll come to a conclusion. But they realize they can only be one, one, head, one head coach And. Uh, and that's actually David. Because you know, you
1: know, yeah, yeah. David was not the one that needed yeah. to stay. <laughs> yeah, d-
0: yeah, we've we've already gotten rid of David, and we've hired uh, uh, Cherie, and you, I think Michelle, yeah, well, you we, should yeah, be in that. Have, Michelle, you I would be no terrible Bella we, we, Donna
2: partner. Yeah. So I, agree, I agree with you, but we haven't told David yet, so I hope no one listens to this. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try and yeah, Paul, one, but yeah, uh,
0: you he have nothing really to check off yeah,
2: on it. you have nothing to
0: worry about. No one listens to the show except your family. Uh, <laughs> only a
1: only a million people. Uh, yeah. I, Paul, can I ask where the name where the name Belladonna came from?
2: Yeah, this is funny. So I'm terrible with uh, pronunciations and words, and I, I looked up Belladonna, and the definition I found was it, it meant like beautiful beautiful flower, a beautiful woman. And then someone pointed out it was like a poisonous flower. That was like, <laughs> so cute. Someone said, like, wow, that's pretty bad. But it has a nice, it has a nice, it rolls off the tongue pretty nice, so we stuck with it.
0: It's got a and nice ring to it. I really don't
2: it. know the definition. Just like some of our horses' names that the partners come up with, I can't pronounce half of them. But, um, you know, if they become good enough, then we'll all learn how to pronounce their names. You know? well, oh, wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. wait. Uh, now, going to names, because names are like my favorite. This is another Michelle I subject. follow guys on Twitter. And, um... I, I'm, I'm like thinking really hard right now for a name because you have an Uncle Mo Philly out of Splashy Kisses who Doug O'Neill trained out here. Um, yeah. and you guys are accepting like names, you know, I've named several horses on this well, show. Go ahead,
0: Michelle, come I mean, up yeah. with something.
1: I have to think of, So like in my mind, like Splashy, I want to like go through the thes- thesaurus and like find something that has to do with Splashy.
0: Okay.
2: Well, what about would appreciate it. And, and Julia, Julia Rice, who, who runs our, our social media, has done an excellent job with that. Great job. And the amount of people submit names uh, is unbelievable. And I think we submitted Mo Kisses for that, Billy. Oh, but it was, it was, I like we, that. It, but it was rejected because oh. uh, there was a horse named "More Kisses, M O R. So oh, that got um, rejected. So that one's still available, Michelle. Get on your horse and, and get us a good name. Yeah. There we go
1: on it right now that's like what i've been doing the whole time right
2: here oh, yeah. this is, this, you,
0: you 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 will get 13 names from michelle before uh we end the show but no we are going to end the show paul you have been uh you've been a real joy and and provided so much information we appreciate it we're also going to be we're already fans of belladonna racing we're going to continue is there anything anything upcoming like uh that we uh, a three-year-old that hasn't debuted yet or something exciting in the works for the next uh, couple weeks that we can put out there
2: Well, with all due respect to some great competition, I would advise everybody to keep their eye on the Rachel Alexander this weekend on the 18th of February at the fairgrounds, and our three-year-old Philly gunrunner. By by gunrunner, Bob. Okay. Yes. I think she could make some noise. I think she'll be uh, That's a
0: great race. I mean, we have – who's in there? Hoosier Philly. Philly. Chop, chop. Chop, chop. Yeah, what a good race. No, Are you going to horses, that? Do you, you go to all it's the it's races? Will you be going to uh, that? Will you be going to Fairgrounds for that race? Uh,
2: no, I only get so many hall, hall passes. I think <laughs> I'll be in, o- in Ocala in, in March and April. I'm going to save for that. All right, well, we'll but, see you down at the I really sales. enjoy going to the sales and, and digging them out.
0: You know? Absolutely. Let's make sure we get a beer down there in Ocala when we're down there. And, uh, again, thank you for spending the time with us today. We really appreciate it.
2: I think uh, they will make Dave line biased for beer
0: though. Absolutely. How about, wait, wait, how about
1: the name? How about the name Jussance? You what? Yeah. It, it means like one? pleasure and enjoyment. Jucence.
0: Jus, well, she's not French. Oh. Is it French?
1: No, but it's Jusons. splashy kisses. Right, why and...
0: don't you just text Paul <laughs> off the air? I mean, and, and yeah, you guys me, can figure it out. i get
2: it on the list. <laughs> I'll get it on the list.
0: Paul, be good. We'll see you in March at the sales and good Thank luck this weekend in the Rachel Alexandra
2: thank you very much all that. right Paul, Thanks, Paul
0: Manganero joining us here on the owner's box uh, Michelle great great guest as usual tons of information um, enjoyed talking to
1: him great uh, stories
0: good stories uh, and uh, I, oh I forgot I was going to have you do the Boston accent for him and I forgot oh no, you don't want
1: my, my Boston yes, accent why, it's yes so our terrible. people
0: do this is why they tune into the show can you do <laughs> no, one I forgot not, to do my... it for Paul I
1: wanted to do I don't that. even know stop I want some chowder the
0: <laughs> paktaka Pak <laughs> the Uh thank you, Paul. Uh, Michelle, what uh what's coming up at uh, Santa San Anita this weekend?
1: Oh, so coming up this weekend, we are celebrating Mardi Gras at hello. the Great Race Place. Cass, can you not hear me?
0: No, I can hear you.
1: Oh, Fantastic. she said hello. I thought I thought my like No, I was like, hello. Out.
0: Like, are we doing oh, beads? Like, hello, Mardi Gras. Are we doing okay. beads? <laughs>
1: um, so I don't know if they're gonna be like a like actually doing, I know there is a blues band and Ooh. I know there's going to be like Cajun food. So like uh new Orleans style, chicken gumbo shrimp and sausage with white rice, a Cajun pasta, po' boy sliders. So there is going to be, you know, Cajun style food and entertainment. I don't know if we're going to be doing like beads and boobs, but you know, <laughs> I mean, keep it, keep Did it open. Did you say
0: beads and boobs?
1: Yeah. Isn't that why you throw beads?
0: Do you think it would be weird if I just handed out beads to people and had them come by the TVG <laughs> set and just threw them at you?
1: No, I think it's fine. I it's don't work at TVG. Fine. I like- mean,
0: not TVG. Santa Anita, my bad.
1: I think it would not be be fine.
0: And, you know, then now here, I'm going to, we're going to get the, oh, Billy's a misogynist pig. Here we go. It's all going to come back.
1: It's funny. Guys, we're Uh, joking. We're joking. So, coming up also this weekend, in addition to that, so we have racing Friday, right? We have racing Saturday, racing Sunday. We also have um, racing on Monday. Wait, wait, wait,
0: wait. Please tell me we got the. The dollar,
1: yes. yeah. dollar beer soda, sodas and two dollar hot dogs. You know, those but two dollar hot dogs
0: are incredible, by the way.
1: Sandwich in between dollar day yeah. and Mardi Gras weekend. It's going to be the Corgi Winter Nationals. Oh,
0: you love that.
1: I love the Corgi Winter Nationals. So I that is going to be Sunday. So Sunday at the Corgi Nationals. We have Mardi Gras celebration on Saturday and Sunday. And then Monday, special day of holiday racing. And it is dollar day. That's... Not to mention just like the great wagering opportunities that we always have, uh, we have the pick'em contest, the coast to coast pick five, and also the um, the golden hour. And I, I've never heard of this before, but I was looking at the website, yeah. and apparently on Sunday they are doing a six hundred dollar anything goes betting challenge.
0: Oh, like you could just bet you could bet 600 into a pick 4 or something.
1: So it's it's a $400 bankroll with a $200 entry fee, but 100% are paid out in prizes. Hmm. Um and it, it like it doesn't Oh, so, okay, let me see. Okay, you so, can bet win, place, show, exact to try, super daily double, pick 3, pick 4, pick 5, pick 6, super high 5. You can do parlay function for win Oh no, parlay function, no golden hour, and no coast to coast, but anything that's like at you know one track is great. There are, you must wager at minimum your four hundred dollars, but there's no maximum, so you can play right. like your winnings if you want, which yeah, is a little well, different, I think, than general. No, so we always play winnings. You could always play all of your bankroll if you want to. Yeah. Oh, I, didn't know. Yeah. I don't know. Play a lot of tournaments, obviously. Yeah. Um, but that's cool. So that that does extend it, because generally when we see a lot of these handicapping contests, it's like win play show yeah, or yeah, you know yeah. smaller wagers. So the fact that they're including the exotics, pick three, four, five, six, and super high fives, really opens up the door for some of these players that might not play in a lot of tournaments because of the format.
0: I got you. No, that's right. interesting. Yeah, interesting. Uh, we have uh, a new sponsor that may come on. Did you see that
1: information? <gasps> I did.
0: Yeah. I'm excited. We can just tell it. Who cares? It's, it's OBS. It, they're going to, uh, looks like we're going to start talking about the sales because they're coming up soon. And our good friend, uh, Wojo, who's been on the show before, um, I think we're going to have some really cool content. So that's, that's something to look forward to, Michelle.
1: I am looking forward to that, Billy. All
0: right. I'm looking forward um, to seeing you this weekend.
1: I will be there. I was gone last weekend and I'll be gone next weekend. What? I'm going to Saudi.
0: Oh, I forgot. When is Saudi?
1: Howdy is the 26th, that 5th, 25th. I can't add. 25th. You do a great
0: job on that. I look forward to watching that. All right, everybody. We will be back next week with another guest here on the Owner's Box. Thank you to Michelle. Thank you to all the listeners. We are part of the In The Money Media Network uh, Twitter, at BKLRF, at Own a Show is the show Twitter. There's my dog no, at Own a
1: Horse.
0: At Own a Horse, at the Michelle U. What else, Michelle? Is that it?
1: I think that's it.
0: You're the best. Appreciate you. Talk to you soon.